Welcome back to the second hour of Leading Edge Medicine. Leading Edge Medicine provides only general medical information. Since everyone's individual situation is unique, you should consult your own physician before taking any action related to your personal health. All content of this program is intended for general informational purposes only. Good morning and welcome to Leading Edge Medicine with Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Samira Umet. Leading Edge Medicine is sponsored by Longevity Medical Clinics and is devoted to helping you feel and function better tomorrow than you do today. By providing the newest and most advanced medical care designed to improve both your body and your brain, Leading Edge Medicine will keep you informed regarding the very latest developments in science and medicine while highlighting some of the Northwest's most prominent physicians, all while helping you separate the science from the silly and the facts from the fiction. This is live call-in radio at its very best, giving you the opportunity to participate in the show. And now, here are your hosts for Leading Edge Medicine, Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Samira Umat, along with their co-host, Lynette Morgan. Hi there, and welcome back to our number two of Longevity's Leading Edge Medicine in the studio. We are packed. All the microphones are full today. Dr. Jerry Mixon is here, Dr. Samira Umat, and specializing in the heart today, we have Dr. Ruben Maiden. Thank you again so much for yes. having us Yes, we love it when you come in. I realize I uh, forgot to do my disclaimer at the beginning of oh, our oh, program. Oh, okay. Then Let's do, do that now. My disclaimer is that my opinions today are those of myself, and they do not represent Evergreen Healthcare in any way. There you so go. Me, myself, on, and I. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> on the other hand, his opinions are hardly endorsed by Longevity Medical Clinic. <laughs> and so if he wants to represent us, I'll proudly, proudly take him anytime. <laughs> Absolutely. We love that. We love that. And, uh, just during the break, Dr. Maiden, you were sharing this sweet story about, well, today, it's a special day for you, right? And or your mom. Yeah. So could you share that? That was yeah, just so, so powerful. Right. So uh, today is uh, my mother's, if she were still alive, her 102nd birthday. Oh, wow. She was born in 1921. And my mother had an incredible impact on my life and also uh, my journey as a physician and a healer. Uh, as, as you all know, uh, I believe in um, not just the physical medicine that we all need to do. You know, I've been in 12,000 hearts. I've put in thousands of stents. Uh, I also do integrative medicine, but I also practice spirituality and medicine and how important that is to me that we get to um, the real deep causes and issues in people's lives. Um, and so uh, my mom, uh, at the age of 19, uh, went into the concentration camps. Uh, she was born in Poland. Um, she was already married to my father. They went in together. Um, and she spent about four years in the camps. Um, and her uh, last years were in Auschwitz. And, um, and it was uh, a powerful story she told me that in the last eight months uh, before they were finally liberated... Um, they were doing mass exterminations. Mm. And mm. every day they would get gra- gather each uh, group of people, or a few thousand, they would, they would gather inside the, the yards of the camps and they would count off one, two, one, two, one, two, and they would form two groups. And then one group was taken to the gas chambers and the other group went to work. And this went on for eight months, a couple times per week. 
and my mother made it through that. Wow. Right? And it was like this was, it was unfathomable that that was chance, mm. right? And it felt to me like there had to be greater forces. And I asked her about that, and what she told me was that she could see what would happen after the count, that she actually saw the two groups form, and she saw which group went to the chambers and which group went to work. And so it didn't matter which number she called, she would go to the group that she saw that was safe. And I realized that she had this incredible ability of foresight, of either it was an intuition or seeing into the future. And she passed that on to me. And she gave me the ability to see just a little bit into what may be happening. Mm. And this has served me so much or whether this was an intuition that she passed on to me. So when I sit with a patient, I can have a sense of what's there, what's happening besides what's being said. And, um, and so I have this incredible gratitude for my mother for guiding me uh, into that place. And um, I will tell you that, um, that I saw my mother after her death once. And this is the really important part of the story to me. I was actually doing a, a personal growth spiritual workshop online. I was at my house, and I was looking out my window to where I had built a balcony on a bedroom. And I remember when we moved into this house, I told my wife that uh, we're going to build a balcony for my mother because she had told me a story when, when I was young. And she told me that after she was liberated from the camps, she was uh, placed in a refugee camp, and eventually she was put in an apartment in Stuttgart in Germany. And her apartment had a balcony that looked out over a park. And she just would sit up there and stand up there in the mornings and drink her coffee. And she just loved it up there. And she always wanted a house with a balcony. But in Iowa, that never happened, mm. right? And so uh, I look out my window doing this personal growth workshop. And my mom is standing on the balcony. And it's raining. And the rain is coming down. But she's just like in a protected bubble, and she's looking out over the lake, and she has her cup of coffee in her hand with her, her little coffee cup that I still have, right? Mm. And what's so phenomenal and interesting is that during the workshop, this workshop was about fear and going into our fears. And it was interesting because they had us do four statements, and these four statements showed us where do we hold fear, right? And we say them out loud, and we just feel, there's no judgment, we just feel what's going on as we say the statement. And so I, I'm going to take this a little bit strange, invite you if you want to say these statements out loud for those of you in the audience, and simply feel what you notice. And the four statements are the following. My body is open and available. My body, My body is, is open, open and, and available. available. My heart is open and loving. My heart is open and loving. My mind is open and at ease. My mind is open and at ease. My nature is open and free. My nature is open and free. Right. And so what arises, those little resistances, those are places that we hold fear. It's not that we're going to do anything about them, but notice them. And it's through noticing them that we transform them. 
So I'm here doing these statements, looking out, seeing my mother, and tears are streaming down my eyes because I can feel my mother mm. going through a healing. And, and I remember something my cousin A.B. said to me once. Uh, he was in the camps with my parents. He was 12 years old when he went in. And uh, he only survived because my father, another man, held him up with his fist stretched out so they could hold him up so he would look taller. Oh. And they would keep him in the middle of the crowd so he didn't look like a child, oh. right? And so A.B. told me once, and I can never unhear this, he said, he said, Reuben, um, your mother was a very pretty woman, and the camps were not a good place for a pretty woman. You know, and I saw my mom on the balcony, and I'm doing these statements with her. And I imagine what these statements mean to her, right? At this point, at Stuttgart, she was on this balcony, safe, above the crowd. No one could get to her. She's looking over a park, and she's beginning her healing process, and she's beginning these four healings, and what it meant for her to have a body that's open and available again, right? To have a heart that can be open and loving. Her two children were shot during the uh, roundup, mm. right, in front of her, to feel that her uh, mind is open and at ease and that her nature is open and free and I believe that the threads that run between us on the planet and the threads that run to our parents and generations still exist after their death mm. and I felt my mother experienced a healing finally on the balcony I built for her right, and that she was released and so today I say happy birthday, Mom. Oh. And thank you for, for sharing, giving me an opportunity to tell you this story. Oh, what a beautiful story. And Dr. Maiden, your mom lived until what age? Early 80s. Early I don't 80s. know the exact number. Okay. Yeah. So she's been gone for 20, uh, almost 20 years, 15 mm -hmm. to 20. All right. Thank you for sharing that. Dr. Reuben Maiden with us today talking about things of the heart exactly yes exactly. things of the heart i love that and dr umat here dr mixon as well and taking your phone calls we are live today in the studio phone lines are open for you at 1-800-465-8770 800-465-8770 i noticed we didn't get any calls during that uh while you were speaking dr uh dr maiden because i'm sure people were just glued to the radio they they wanted to hear more. They wanted to hear more. If you have a question and you'd like to talk to Dr. Maiden, Dr. Mixon, or Dr. Umat, that number again, 800-465-8770. Terry is on the line. Thank you, Terry, for your patience this morning. Hello, and Terry. Welcome to Leading Edge. Okay, thank you. Say, um, I've got a um, thyroid issue that I've had for a decade or more, hypothyroidism, but... So I'm on levothyroxine, and so the um, TSH and, and uh, T4 markers have always been mid-range. But for the first time ever, the um, T3 and pre-T3 are below the reference range, and that drop occurred since last year. So that's kind of the, the set of facts here. The other is, during that same period of time, um, imaging has shown a thyroid nodule that nobody seemed to be too concerned about, but um, it has increased in size from 0 0.9 to 1.3 centimeters as of a couple of years ago. Got another imaging 
process for next month. Also, um, back in the 1.3 range, I was diagnosed with um, dysplasia and had a barium swallow test. Again, nobody seemed to be too concerned about that. But now, is that esophageal is, um, dysplasia? Yeah, and okay. um, it has um, increased um, in difficulty uh, swallowing since uh, since then. And um, I recently learned that um, nodule growth can be caused by either insufficient or too much iodine. And a culprit for too much iodine is pink Himalayan sea salt, which I've been using also over this period of time to remineralize um, the water that comes out of my distiller. And, you know, the, the conversion of T4 to T3 does take place where in the liver and in and the gut and so on. So anyway, um, looking for some ideas uh, as to where to look. I have scaled back the, um, the sea salt um, uh, use. Um, anyway, so which, what do you think? <laughs> of your problems, uh, the one that concerns me most is the esophageal dysplasia because that is a yep. pre-malignant change in the tissues and... You know, esophageal cancer is a really nasty actor. In fact, a very good friend of mine that I've known for 25 years <clears throat> uh, developed a, a esophageal cancer and was on hospice over the course of the last week and is probably dead this morning. Yesterday, he was barely breathing. So, you know, <clears throat> esophageal cancers worry me. Um, so make sure your gastroenterologist is watching that one very closely, okay? Because that's that's okay. a bad actor if it goes the rest of the way from dysplasia to to overt malignancy. Um, the thyroid conversion, you know, as we age, uh, our tissues become less and less competent at converting T4 to T3. <clears throat> and so let me do a little teaching here for for the, most of the audience that doesn't really understand this. When you get a test, the TSH is what your doctors normally follow. And TSH stands for right. thyroid stimulating hormone. It's not really a thyroid hormone, it's a pituitary hormone. Your pituitary gland is monitoring how much thyroid you've got in your system. And if it thinks you need more, your TSH rises. If it thinks you've got the right amount, your TSH is nice and stable. And if it thinks you need less, your TSH drops. Okay, this is a hormone to stimulate the thyroid to do its job. The thyroid primarily produces T4. This is thyroid hormone with four iodine molecules attached. This is an active hormone, but not as active as T3. So in your tissues, in multiple tissues, liver, gut, actually out of even your muscle and skin tissues, you strip off one of those iodines and you have now T3. And this is about two and a half to three times as metabolically active as the T4. So this is your most active thyroid hormone. Okay. Um, oh my goodness, I hear the music. I know starting. we have a little uh, okay. break. Well, we got to take a break, but everybody, <clears throat> hang on, and I'm going to explain to you what we do about that age-related decline in T3 to kick things back into high gear. Okay, talking thyroids right now on Leading Edge Medicine. We will be right back. Stay right there. And Terry, you stay on the line. This is Leading Edge Medicine.
Leading Edge Medicine. Leading Edge Medicine. For the first time in history, you can choose how to age. Call with your question at 1-800-465-8770. That's 800-465-8770. If you have chronic pain and are considering stem cell therapy, consider the only doctor with over 30 years of experience with pain medicine techniques, including stem cell therapy. And that's Dr. Daniel Nelson, MD, with Eastside Pain and Regenerative Medicine. Here's what a satisfied patient had to say. I would say Dr. Nelson is a great guy. He's very personable, makes you feel very comfortable, as does the staff. Everything went well. I had the stem cell injections, and within a month, I really had a change in my knee. It was uh, unbelievable to me, honestly. I thought there'd be more pain involved with the procedure, and there was hardly any. Uh, It was amazing, and I've told a lot of people about it. After having it for two years now, it worked tremendously. Glad I did it. You should consider stem cell therapy, but call a medical doctor with experience. Dr. Daniel Nelson, MD, 425-823-4000. That's 425-823-4000 or DanielNelsonMD.com. We'd just like to encourage your audience that has them to take a look at it. I honestly, you say 10 to 15 years on your advertisements. I think I feel better than I felt 30 years ago. Many a tear has to fall. But it's all in the game. All in the wonderful game that we know as love. And we're back. It's Leading Edge Medicine, live on your Saturday morning. Hi there. Good morning. I'm Lynette here, along with Dr. Jerry Mixon, Dr. Samira Umat, taking calls, and our special guest doctor in the studio, Dr. Ruben Maiden, specializing in the heart. Dr. Maiden, we're going to give you a little break right now, talking about the thyroid with Dr. Mixon. So basically, TSH, the monitoring of your pituitary of your thyroid level production of t of t4 which then gets converted to t3 the more metabolically active as people age their tissues become less and less efficient at converting t4 to t3 as a consequence of that our metabolism slows down we get cold we get tired we gain weight we get brain fog okay. so that drop in tsa or that drop in uh, in t3 has a big impact on how we feel and function as we get older there is a way you can take t3 they make a, a commercial form of it the trouble is t3 has a very short acting lifespan so you have to take it several times a day to raise your t3 with a medication on the other hand There is pig thyroid, good old-fashioned armor thyroid, (laughs) which is basically when they slaughter the hogs, they take the thyroid out, they clean it, wash it, desiccate it, freeze-dry it, and grind it into powder. And you're not taking thyroid hormone when you take armor thyroid. You're actually taking whole thyroid, Mm. the pig. Okay. Well, it turns out that there are enzymes in that armor thyroid that help you convert your T4 to T3. So often we'll start people with T4, and when we see over time their T3 starting to drop anyway, despite the fact they're getting plenty of T4, we may add just a touch of the armor thyroid, and then you can just watch that T3 come right back up, and their metabolism speeds up, they get warmer, happier, faster, 
it and it makes it easier to lose weight. So um, talk to your doctor about the possibility of adding a little bit of Armour Thyroid to your levothyroxine, and that may do the job right there. So for Terry, where he has the nodule and he's been using iodized salt. Mm-hmm. Different issue, obviously, yeah. to some degree. The thyroid module needs to be followed. Most thyroid nodules are benign, and they don't do much damage at all. But there can be, in a small percentage, a thyroid cancer, a nodular cancer. So you need to have somebody watching that thyroid nodule very closely. Right, and here in Washington, we have the added issue the people who grew up downwind of Hanford mm-hmm. are a lot more likely to have thyroid cancer and thyroid nodules in that population. If you're one of those, uh, your thyroid nodules should be followed very, very carefully. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. good to know. So, Helpful for you, Terry? Yeah, and, and just as a side note, I used to take Nature Throid until I got a bad batch of that. So um, that's yeah. not unfamiliar to me. So I can yeah. I can get back on that, I'm sure. Yes, yeah, right. you can. And, the, you know, the, the problem, of course, is anytime you're using a, a simple animal product like, you know, ground-up pig thyroid, once in a while, there's going to be a bad batch. Mm. Just the way the world works. There you go. Yeah. Thank you so much okay. for your call, Terry. Okay. Take care, sir. Thank Brandy. you much. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to talk cholesterol now. We have Kay calling in from Graham today. Hi there, Kay. Good morning. I have morning. a question for Dr. Maiden. Um, this is another supplement question. I would like to know what your opinion is of using niacin to lower um, LDL cholesterol and just uh, my sister and I have both had really great success in doing this but my question is does it matter is that is that a good way to lower your LDL cholesterol right so uh, niacin actually works Um, in the early days even pre-statin we had a lot of ways of lowering cholesterol and niacin was tested in the 1970s in a very large trial called the, the Coronary Drug Product uh, Project. It was run through the VA hospital. And the use of niacin as a single agent lowered the risk of cardiac deaths um, and heart attacks. So we know that niacin works as a standalone agent. So for those people who can tolerate it, you can tolerate high enough doses without getting a lot of flushing or GI symptoms, and their, and their cholesterols come into range. It helps lower triglycerides, raise HDL a little bit. It actually is a very reasonable option. Most people can't tolerate it. Yeah. And it's very difficult to get to effective doses. They can tolerate yeah. 50 or 250, but they can't get to 1,500, yeah. which is what it takes for most people. So the answer is yes, that's, right. that's effective. The reason it mm-hmm. fell out of favor is that there are other uh, therapies that have come along since niacin, that cause much fewer side effects, that actually work uh, better in terms of lowering cholesterol and have higher success rates at preventing heart attack, strokes, and death. So that's why niacin has somewhat fallen out of favor. And then lastly, there was a study done at the University of Washington uh, where niacin was added to statin drugs. And when someone was already on a statin, niacin didn't provide additional benefit, mm. presumably because the statin was doing the benefit. Right. So a lot of people will go uh, forget the coronary drug project of the 1970s and look at the University of Washington study and say niacin doesn't work. Yeah. But that's a misinterpretation of the results. Mm. Does that help? 
Okay. Yes. Um, just so, so um, my sister cannot take statins. She had a really bad reaction, and that's why she has totally stuck with the niacin, and she does take 1,500. And for both of us, we adjusted pretty fast to the side effects. Um, so, yeah, I just wondered if it was still Got effective, it. which it's, it sounds uh, like you're saying it is. Yes, and some people like the side effects, the, the warmth is something that some people really mm-hmm. enjoy. People have a lot of cold feet at night yeah. or get, get really constricted mm-hmm. in the cold outdoors. Uh, they love the feeling of the niacin. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of statin side effects, I think that is a really, really important yes. topic. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are a mm-hmm. lot of, uh, this is a lot of opinions about statins and do statins work and what do we do with statin side effects. But I will say in people who are having statin side effects that need to lower their cholesterol, there are options. Uh-huh. And one of the easiest options is a statin holiday. Uh-huh. For a lot of people, if they just take a break for six weeks, go back on, they'll find their symptoms are gone, uh, and they'll be gone again for months or a year or two until they flare again, and then they can do a statin holiday. Cholesterol builds up in our blood over decades, not over weeks. And so there's no harm okay. going off for a short period, especially if you're letting your doctor know what you're doing. Another option is that we found that Uh, There are two studies, one with vitamin D and one with vitamin CoQ10, and each of them prevents statin side effects at about 25%. So if people go on vitamin D and CoQ10, typically uh, a month before the statin, build their levels up, and then start the statin and stay on the vitamin D and CoQ10 with the statin, about 50% of people won't have ongoing side effects with that strategy. A third strategy is to switch to a different statin. Interestingly, about half of people can tolerate one and not another. And then beyond that, there's other medicines, and then there's lots of great herbs. And of course, the one that I use the most is is red yeast rice. Uh And red yeast rice is where the first statin was found. Statins were not invented. They were found in red yeast rice. It's the the, um, the, uh, herb or the product that creates the red, orange, and Peking duck. And red yeast rice has been used in China for 5,000 years for cardiovascular health. And the first statin was found in it and extracted and then put on steroids and made into our whole line of super statins we have now. Mm. But, but the statin in red yeast rice is so tiny. It's just a small amount. And it's so rare to get side effects. And red yeast rice lowers cholesterol through multiple other mechanisms other than just the statin mechanism. And it also has a very large uh, study that shows that in heart attack patients after four years, this is a 5,000 patient study, that after four years there was a 50% reduction in second heart attacks and there was a 30% reduction in strokes, death, and cancer. And so we know that Red East Rice has a great clinical trial, like we were talking about earlier. Does it really affect patient outcomes or does it just affect a biochemical factor in your blood? And so that's another option. So there's lots mm-hmm. and lots of options uh, for statin side effects. Mm. All right. Very okay. good. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Oh, You're thank so you welcome. for the call, Kay. I love the mm-hmm. CoQ strategy. Mm-hmm. I've been using that in my practice. I actually oh. do the micronutrient test first to give me an idea of what the CoQ levels are. And But if I can't, then I just pile up the CoQ10 first. Well, and up here in the Pacific Northwest, yeah. you know, everybody's at the low end of vitamin D. Yeah. We just don't get much sun up here, and when we do, we hide from it. So <laughs> You know, we recently <laughs> measured somebody, a young uh, person, 
Vitamin D level of nine. Oh, goodness. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. And See, what is a healthy level for us here? Well, I'm well shooting... normal is 30 to 60, yeah. okay. uh, 30 to 90, um, and we keep our patients between 60 to 90 in our clinic. Yeah. And Dr. Mixon, what do you keep yours at? I keep mine right around 60 or 70 okay. most of the time. Yeah. All right. But I also do, I do the too. vitamin D. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right. So, yeah, I, way up here, uh, we have two problems. One is the lack of sunshine. The other is our culture <clears throat> makes us hide from the sun. And two, aging drops your CoQ10. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, our patients tend to be over 50. And so living in the Pacific Northwest with an older patient population, it's a rare person in our clinic that isn't on mm-hmm. both uh, CoQ10 and vitamin D. All right. CoQ10 is used for the energy of every cell of our body. Right. You know, and it's in the CoQ10, the chemical name is ubiquinone. That's right. Which comes from the word ubiquitous, Ubiquitous. which means everywhere. 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 Every living cell on the earth. And yet it it. drops as we age. Yeah. And so that's why we put put it back. Yeah. It's not everything, but it's every, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. So it's everywhere, all at once, not everything. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't that a movie that won a bunch of Oscars? Everywhere, everything, all the time. Everything, everywhere, all at once. (laughs) Oh, boy. Hey, we'll be back with more Leading Edge Medicine and your phone calls. We're going to talk stem cell treatment, aortic stenosis, and uh, talk more about calcium and its effect on the heart. You stay right there. We won't, uh, we'll be right back. Don't go away. Leading Edge Medicine. Join in the conversation at 1-800-465-8770 and tell your friends to listen. That's 1-800-465-8770. To decrease your dependence on glasses at both distance and near, I suggest you go with experience. Pete Talbot here again for Dr. Michael Gilbert at Northwest Vision Institute in Bellevue and Kirkland. He's not just my ophthalmologist and my wife's, my son's, my friend's, and all my neighbor's, but he was just recently voted Best LASIK in 425 Magazine and has been voted Best Doc in Seattle Magazine many, many times. So whether it's LASIK or RLE or Advanced Cataract Surgery, Northwest Vision Institute will find the best option for you. So if you're over 40 or 50 and haven't had an eye exam for a year or more, here's something you simply won't get anywhere else, an advanced ocular exam. Not that simple eye exam everyone else does. So to schedule your advanced ocular exam, go online at nwvision.com or call 425-450-2020. 425-450-2020. I fly for a living and I change in time zones and all this other stuff and I'm getting colds and when I get a cold, I can't fly. I thought, well, let's give this a shot. I started taking the supplements and I noticed less cold, so I'm just working you know so then i thought well let's try the rest of it but for us it's big improvement and that's why we stay with it
saddest human beings I've ever heard. No hopes, no dreams, no plans. Boy, sounds like a a woke millennial to me. There you go. All right. Welcome back. Leading Edge Medicine, where we are ready and willing to take your calls. We have several on the line for Dr. Umat, Dr. Nixon, and our guest doctor today, Dr. Ruben Maiden, our heart, our cardiologist and heart specialist. I I will tell you a funny story about the coronary drug project, which was the niacin trial. When I was a a resident, I was one of the data analysts uh, for that trial, and uh, and it was a VA trial, and this is the only reason why the trial worked, because in the 1970s, veterans, there was a kind of uh, philosophy mindset. They did what they were told, yeah. mm-hmm. and they were put in the trial. They didn't have a choice. They, it was part of the <laughs> VA system, and they were told, you take this product, and you stay on it, and you don't stop it. I don't care if you're flushing. I don't care how bad you feel. And the veterans would go, yes, sir. And they would just do it. I don't think we could have uh, completed a trial with niacin because it causes a lot of side effects. We can't do that now. No. No, No, it's a different time. Much different time. Okay, you ready for some more phone calls here? Why not? All right. We're going to talk stem cells with Don calling in from Des Moines. Hi there, Don. Good morning, guys. How you guys doing? We're good. doing good. How are you Lovely. today? Lovely. Uh, okay, here's here's my issue. Uh, hey, Don, I was born in Waterloo. Here. <laughs> Fascinating. <Yeah. laughs> Focus. Okay. <laughs> so I've, I've, I've played racquetball for years and inflicted a lot of damage on my shoulder, and I recently had a X-rays and MRI, the orthopedic surgeon uh, indicated that there's massive scar tissue, uh, massive tears, uh, massive inflammation. He indicated that the probability of success via surgery would be 50-50. He indicated that stem cells or or PRP would be inadequate for a lack of better word. There's not enough meat there to to benefit. So my question is, is that accurate? Because I assume that stem cells rejuvenates muscle and tendons. And then secondly, um, he did indicate that prior to the, the MRI that my range of motion and strength were very good. And uh, the results of the MRI are not reflective of my range of motion or strength. And okay. I would ascribe that to being a longevity patient. So, And the approach longevity takes is to be really proactive in terms of mm-hmm. um, the underlying physiological benefits. Is there Are there steps I can take to improve the potential outcome of any treatment, yes. whether that be senescent cell treatment or 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 anything? I mean, what, what you guys do at, at Longevity. Okay. Well, I can tell you what I did for my shoulder injury. Uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've used my body heavily and regularly. And I have beat the hell out of it from time to time. Um, I had a fall, landed on my shoulder, and tore three of the ligaments. Uh, didn't tear them all the way through. They were partial tears. But uh, here's the way I approached it. Uh, had to let it rest and recover a bit, get the inflammation and the swelling down after the acute injury for several weeks. But during that time, I did the... Uh, dis, 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 I don't know why I'm having trouble with that. Dasatinib and quercetin to 
is lower the senescent cell load. Um, and for the audience that doesn't understand what senescent cell is about, it, senescent cell comes from the word senile. Some of your cells in every part of your body reach the end of their lifespan, and they're supposed to be replaced by new cells. They die and get replaced. And the turnover depends on the tissue. Your skin, every two to three weeks, depending on where it is on your body. Uh, your muscles, three to four months. Your bone, you replace about 10% of your bone every year. So every 10 years, you've effectively got a new skeleton. Some cells in every part of you, your brain, your liver, your skin, your heart, everywhere, they reach the end of their lifespan, and instead of dying and being replaced, they undergo a change. They become what we call senescent or senile. They change their shape, they change their morphology, and they start putting out chemicals into their immediate environment that inhibit growth, healing, and repair. Because if they try to grow, they'll die, and they don't seem to want to die. So we kind of laughingly refer to them as our zombie cells. <laughs> They're the living dead. <laughs> okay. But these zombie cells actually inhibit healthy cells from healing and repairing and growing. And the more of those you've got in your system, the less efficiently your body repairs other damage. So we, we like to use medications that will lower those senescent cells, that actually kill the senescent cells. And in nine days of therapy, three days of therapy, each week for three weeks, we can lower that load of senescent cells about 70%. And that will disinhibit your healing and repair so that you can do a better job of healing and repair. Okay. Then I go for the, the stem cell therapy. And Dan Nelson does a great job of that. Mm. And he will take some bone marrow out of your iliac crest and spin it down, get rid of the, the blood cells, but keep the, the stem cells and some PRP. And he separates the two and he injects your own stem cells into the damaged area and allows them to stimulate healing and repair and then he'll add the PRP afterwards. So the PRP contains nine different growth factors. So you've got the growth factors from your platelets and you've got the stem cells. Now it's true as people age, our stem cells are less efficient. They also become senescent over, over time. So by the time you're in your 60s, you have much fewer stem cells that are active and growing. Nevertheless, you have some. You're still alive, you haven't stopped repairing, so you still have some active stem cells. So we're not doing anything that increases the number of stem cells. What they do is re rearrange them. They take them out of the bone marrow where you've got a lot, and they put it into the damaged joint where you don't have as many, and so you've now got more stem cells in that shoulder than you had before. And the combination of lowering the senescent cell load and raising the stem cell load in that damaged area gives you a very good chance of healing and repair. Is it perfect? No. Nothing done to or by human beings is perfect. <laughs> okay. But Dan tells me he's getting about a 75% rate of, of repair and improvement. So... You know, 75%, three out of four get better, one out of four doesn't. Well, that's life. And uh, last week he said on the show that shoulders seem to get the best results. Yeah. yeah. Mine certainly does. Um, you know, I could not move my shoulder at all. It was just exquisitely painful. 
And after the therapies, um, you know, I knock out 60 push-ups in the morning. I can lift weights. Uh, I have no shoulder pain of any kind. Wow. Is, is there a, a benefit and advantage to being in a longevity clinic? I mean, I'm convinced of it. I don't have any data to prove it. But, I mean, I, I operate at a higher level. My yep. mental faculties are at a higher level. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> yes, that's all wonderful <laughs> stuff. Yes. You're right. Yeah, I mean, I tell people our job is to make you stronger, faster, leaner, smarter, and sexier. Uh, hopefully that will make you a lot happier. Will it make well, you live longer? Is for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. And you yeah. may be getting some complaints about that at some point. My, my <laughs> wife tells me that if things don't change, I may need an extra three women by the time I'm 90. But, no. um, reality Look, the phone is, lines are lighting up, Dr. Mixon. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. No. <laughs> reality is, though, that we don't have data saying you're going to live longer. Yeah. I think you will. You should. You're functioning better. You have less reason to curl up your toes and die. But, you know. I mean, yeah, if you were not in the program, where would you be today? Yes. It's just right. something we just don't know. That's yeah. right. So, so I'm not here as, a, as an endorser. As you know, I'm not here also to get patients because, as you know, how busy I am. Yes. <laughs> you're just so busy. I do yes. want to add, out of gratitude, I'm a patient at Longevity. I don't know if I've revealed that before. And Dr. Umad is my doctor. I'm so oh. grateful to you. Yes. Well, she's my doctor, too. So oh, it works out all right. You know what? She's my doctor, too. <laughs> so uh... <laughs> so she, she knows a lot of things that she could uh, blackmail. Us with. Yes, but, yes uh, she does. And, and anyway, uh, I have... Your I, stories are started, safe with me. Yes. <laughs> I, I believe that. Uh, I have certainly seen a personal uh, improvement, but what surprised me, and I'm a physician, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. What surprised me when I started the program was that I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. Like I had never done a micronutrient analysis. Mm -hmm. Like what was I missing in my micronutrients? My metabolism, my metabolic pathways are not perfect. Mm. I have my own genetic variations, my own environmental influences, you know, starting there. And then, of course, in hormonal balances, thyroid testosterone, et cetera. It's like um, what I didn't know was that um, being in low or mediocre ranges is not where I wanted to live my life. Right. I'm not good with mediocre. I'm not good with average. Right. If I'm average, it's something I don't want to do that. No. Yeah. no it's something else. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I, I don't know if this is going to improve lifespan. Mm -hmm. You know, we've mm -hmm. been having some, Jerry and I have been having some very important conversations about looking into therapies that may improve lifespan in the future. Um, but right now, I do know that I function at a higher level, and, mm -hmm. and thank you. So the quality of life. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah you know, that's and, huge. And I know that I had a, a rather dramatic demonstration of this uh, nine, no, 10 years ago when I was 65. Mm. Um, well, 64, actually, at the time, because we wanted to get my wife pregnant. You know, she's 30 years my junior. She decided she wanted a baby. And even though I was 64, I said, well, you know, if you love a woman, you can't tell her she cannot have this part of being a woman. So we decided to get her pregnant. But I'd had a vasectomy at 40. I'd been on testosterone medication for 15, 16 years by that point. I, Which know, suppresses your own yeah. sperm production. Suppresses oh, sperm production. Yeah, okay. it, right. it works as a male contraception. You know, you have more sex but no babies, which is, you know, most guys are quite good with that. Um, but the question is now, how do I get this woman pregnant? 
Yeah. So I went over and visited with some friends over at the um, uh, fertility clinic in Seattle. And one of the things we had to do was go off all my hormones. Mm-hmm. And now I had gone on hormones at 49. So I had never felt what it was like to be in my 60s. I've had the hormone balance of a 25-year-old since I was 49 years old. Suddenly at 64, we took them all away from me yeah. and, and tried to get me my own testicles to start making it was the most horrible experience of my life. Oh. I suddenly found out what a man of 64 is supposed to feel like. Mm. What's it, normal? It was miserable. <laughs> for the age. Oh. <laughs> I had to stay off my hormones for three months. And, you know, at the end, I was so grateful to go back on them. Mm. I mean, because everybody around me said, you're grumpy and you're out of sorts. And yeah, I felt miserable. You know, I'm now 75. I still got that balance of a 25 year old. And I feel wonderful. Yeah, I, don't I plan think I've to stay seen that grumpy way. ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. So yeah, so in my personal life, I've seen that difference mm-hmm. of to go from well balanced to zip. I, I to remember that again. time, and I remember you mentioning that Banding said she'll never do that to you again, yeah. whether <laughs> you got pregnant or not. <laughs> wow. Yes, that's right. Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. We're going to continue this conversation. Is that helpful for you, Don? Yeah, Don. Yes, it is. I've done the senescent cell protocol. Uh-huh. I think I'm on my third or fourth round. I'm only doing it for three days. Yeah, that's I right. To the no, no, no. no. To the, the three no. weeks. No. Well, hang on a second. Yep. We, we, I'll get back to you right after this break. Okay. That's Don't right. go away. Stay yeah. right okay, there, we'll Don. Finish this up. <laughs> we'll take a quick break and yeah. then back with give you more. A, I want to give you a more complete answer. Oh yeah, leading edge medicine continues. Stay right there. If you or someone you love is struggling with memory issues, find out about Longevity Memory. Call Longevity right now to schedule your memory consultation evaluation. 425-654-0258. That's 425-654-0258. Longevity Medical Clinic is happy to announce that Longevity Development, the business and marketing arm of Longevity Medical Clinic, has entered a strategic management relationship with Paramount Pharmacy. As a medical clinic, we cannot tell anyone where they have to go to fill their compounded prescriptions. We can only make suggestions. But for the last two years, we have referred our patients to Paramount Pharmacy for three key reasons. Excellent quality control excellent pricing, and excellent customer service. And now, due to our new management oversight and relationship, Longevity Development and Paramount are actually working together to better serve our patients. A team approach to better health care. It truly can make a difference. And now, to celebrate and to convince you that we truly feel we can better serve your health needs while saving you money, Paramount has agreed to make an offer to all new patients willing to give Paramount a try. On your first prescription only, Paramount is offering you a 90-day supply for their 30-day cost. That's right, a 90-day prescription for the 30-day cost. All you need to do is call Paramount at 425-251-1660. It's as simple as that. Call 425-251-1660. I went to the Linwood office and I must tell you, your staff is so amazing. At, At Longevity, they talk to you. 
they they make you understand what's going on and they give you the numbers so you have a starting point and that's what i love about coming to you guys all chatting. Oh, getting caught up with just a few minutes left of our show today. We hope to get to your question, John, and sue you as well. But let's finish up with Don. We were talking about the uh, stem cell therapies yeah. for Don. Thank you for holding, by the way. This well, is Leading Edge yeah, Medicine. Actually, we had segued a bit to the, the senescent uh, cell therapies. Yeah. You know, how often and how much of the senescent cell therapy to take is a bit up in the air. Because the big downside to senescent cell therapy is we do not have a good blood test that will tell us exactly what your senescent cell load is. The only really accurate way is to do tissue biopsies and do staining of the cells themselves. And there's a limit to how often I want people poking holes in my body and taking pieces of my tissue. You know, I'd rather do blood tests, but we just don't have them. So it's, there's a bit of guessing by golly there. And so a lot of our people that are doing senescent cell therapies kind of adjust their dosing and their frequency based on how they feel. If they start to slump, if they start to get more aches and pains, then they'll go ahead and and do another senescent load. Um, You know, about twice a year, I do a full 90 course, about every six months. And then in between, I'll do a three days, three days, and then maybe two three-day courses. But it's... To some extent, it's it's up in the air. It depends on how I'm feeling and functioning. Um, the other thing that I do that most people are not doing just because of the cost is about every three months or so, I get an intravenous infusion uh, of exosomes and acellular vesicles that are extracted from the umbilical cord and placentas of new born placentas and, and umbilical cords. You know, normally those get thrown away and instead what they do is they process them, they filter them and they extract the, uh, the exosomes. And this basically gives my system a boost of, of messenger RNA that is designed for a newborn baby that says, grow, heal, get strong. <laughs> and I like that. Um, and that was something else I did in conjunction with the stem cells for my shoulder. So I do the the senescent cell therapy as a precursor, and I give that about 10 days or so after I finish to, to let the senescent cell load finish dying off as much as it will. Then I do the, I did the stem cell and I did the intravenous exosomes all at about the same time. But the, the exosome therapy is about $4,500 a pop, so that's one that, you know, a lot of people can't afford. Since I own the joint, I figured I'm worth it, so I can do that. But um, you know, if if cost is not a limiting a limiting factor for you, that's also one that you might consider adding. So I did the 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 nine um, or the the, the three weeks senescent cell treatment about uh, roughly a year ago, and the benefits were enormous. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm inclined to to go through that same process again. Well, if it's but been a year, only, yeah. Right. 
Okay, so I can call up the clinic and request well, the, the Well, additional... you need to talk to your, yeah, you need to sit down and talk to your doctor about it. But, yeah, it's, it's one okay. of those things they can do. I think it'll depend upon okay. when you did the last three-day therapy, because are you telling me that the three-day therapy is not as effective as the first nine-day therapy for you? Um, and I don't know. I mean, but I just recall the nine-day therapy was, the benefits were enormous. Um, yeah. And so what, you know, that was the original study. And so the repeat studies are, the repeat protocols are only three days at a time. What we don't know with certainty is how frequently we can repeat that and make it safe for our patients. So we started saying every two months, I know there are a couple of patients in the Tacoma practice that find it very beneficial to do it every month. So we do use their subjective symptoms. We keep monitoring them objectively and they do repeat the three days program every month. So, uh, again, I don't know your individual story. I don't know how frequently you have done the three-day program, but it is probably wise to keep doing it consistently rather than do a nine-day program once and then, you know, stop for a year or two and then do another nine-day program. I I suppose you could do it. There's no data to say you can't. And like I said, I do the nine-day every six months. He's been a year so, you know, I, I would have no strong objection to him doing it. But again, you know, you have to watch for the effect. Yeah. Okay, because okay. we're we, I've been we are doing treat- treatment yeah. every quarter. Oh, every yeah, three months. Yeah, yeah. So, three every, months. so every three months. That's a little light. Yes. Most people need more than that. And if yeah. you're only doing three days, okay. you know, every month or two um, is, is probably more aggressive. And, and the other thing, Jerry, is that the nine-day, some of our patients experience side effects. So presumed yes. on you did not have any side effects on the nine-day program. That's the other reason we do the three-day, because the likelihood of the side effects is minimal on the three-day. Sure. So. Yeah, yeah, this is a potent drug. This, I had no this, side effects with the nine-day treatment. Okay. Yeah, the desatinib is, you know, it's a chemotherapeutic agent. It's designed for, for a form of leukemia. Yeah. And uh, so it is a very potent drug, and some people don't tolerate it well at all. Right. And others just blossom and go right through and have no issues. And have at no all. issues. And I know he probably doesn't have any other issues, but they're very significant limiting factors like what are the medications are you taking? Do you have GI problems? Are you on blood thinners? And those are contraindications for using desatinib at all. That's right. So if anything's changed in your history, that will also affect how much we can give you. But sit down with your longevity doctor, yeah. chat with them, see what, uh, you know, what that doctor believes is best for you. And have them reach out to me if they have any questions, okay? Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Oh, Don, thank you so much for your call. Bye-bye. All right, headed to uh, Tacoma. We've got a heart question with John. Hi there, John. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. I have a uh, uh, question about aortic stenosis. I was diagnosed a year ago with aortic stenosis. I went to a calcium uh, 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 deal of 45 and it says multiple gate of 2.5. And I have good cholesterol of 146, and my triglycerides are 41, and my HDL cholesterol is 57, and, and my good cholesterol is 79. And so my question is, they say it is moderate aortic with a 3-point MS whatever that means at the deal, and I have mild left ventricle wall thickness, but I don't have any 
symptoms of it. I feel good. I work out a lot, and I do a lot of walking and stuff like that, and and I'm taking vitamins all the time, and I feel good. So uh, my cardiologist that I went to last year, basically, they don't give you much information besides try to scare, scare the bejesus out of you that you have aortic yeah. stenosis. So I was interested in what the doctor had to say about that. Sure, right. So aortic stenosis is not a problem with the arteries of the heart. It's a problem with one of the valves. It's the valve that lets blood flow out of the main pumping chamber uh, into the aorta so blood can get around the body. And so when there's stenosis or narrowing in that valve, um, the heart has an increased workload to pump through this obstruction. That puts a stress back on the left ventricle. That's why that's why the left ventricle got thick. They said you had a little bit of uh, thickening of the muscle. Just like when any muscle works hard, it gets thicker, whether it's our biceps or our heart, right? And so that thickening is one of the processes. And then the body not quite getting enough blood. Usually at rest, there's no problem. Often when aortic stenosis is mild or moderate, there's no problem with exertion. But at some point, most aortic stenoses get worse. Uh, it happens to the, the vast, vast majority of people. And uh, there's multiple reasons why someone may have aortic stenosis. Uh, how old are you, by the way? I'm 66 years old. Right, and did you have high blood pressure in your life? No. Or tobacco? No. And did they tobacco, mention some uh, tobacco when I was a teenager? And did they mention something called the bicuspid valve? They did. He said he they had said MS. They couldn't, get a, yeah. they couldn't get a good look at it on the bicuspid so valve. So I don't know if I was oh, I th did one. you say? Did you say aortic stenosis or mitral stenosis? Didn't you also mention that there was some MS in that report? Yeah, they said it was yeah. three. Three zero MS is what it was. No, that's that's that meters was, per second. Oh, okay. yeah, that's that's, that's, three, a, that's just three units. Yeah, that's three meters per, per second. second. That's okay. still the aortic valve. Yeah, right. And and then yeah, we don't see much rheumatic mild, fever. Mild we don't. Yeah, we don't see much rheumatic fever. But in terms of causes, most of the time, this aortic stenosis is inflammation, um, and it's uh, possibly related to cholesterol levels, but not definitively. And so the most important thing is to watch what I call the cardinal symptoms. And that means the valve could be getting severe or causing a problem. The cardinal symptoms are passing out or nearly passing out or developing um, chest discomforts or severe shortness of breath with exertion. And the third yeah, is developing, any, I, right, and the third is developing those. signs or symptoms of heart failure, like edema okay. in the legs, swelling, uh, can't lie down or you can't breathe, etc. And so in aortic stenosis patients, if you ever have any of those cardinal symptoms, seek immediate care. In the meantime, you monitor your valve with ultrasound, typically once every year or two. And at some point, if it needs to be fixed, most people can be fixed with non-surgical valves. They're called TAVR. They can be put in through the leg. And so I am not afraid of your aortic stenosis from what you've described to me. I don't want to, if you love to worry, I don't want to take away your love of worry. Uh, but I'm not particularly <laughs> worried about this. If it's followed carefully, 
watch for cardinal symptoms. Lifestyle, can he continue with his exercise program? With yeah, I advise AS patients not to do the extreme yeah. exercise. Stay under extreme. Okay. Work to nice hard levels, but don't go extreme. Any supplement yeah, diet, anything that might There's help. nothing in supplements or diets that will help yeah. aortic stenosis. Okay. And about, you know what, John? That's our about, show. We've got 30 seconds left. You may have to call our next show, and uh, yeah, I will give the producer. Free, will you? Okay, we will do that. And if you could call our next show, we could get you on right away uh, if you have another question. All right. That's it for today's Leading Edge Medicine. Wow. Thank you so much, Dr. Ruben Maiden, for coming in, along with Dr. Umat and Dr. Jerry Mixon. We're going to get you back in here very soon. Have a great rest of your weekend. And we'll see you next time on Leading Edge Medicine.